thank you for joining us for Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamrick. And we started this podcast to really give everyone an idea about investing in real estate and even buying your own home. So we encourage you to grab a glass of wine and have a drink with us while we talk about real estate. Mm, what kind of wine do we have today? Today we are drinking a red blend. It's called Intrinsic. Hmm. Let's give that a shot. Oh, that is interesting. Well, great. It was a gift from a friend. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Today we have Nashville native Robert Savage. He's an investor, a history buff, and he's also played for the NFL, uh, for the Seahawks, the Titans, and the Panthers. And he's also turned into a rather uh, impressive restaurateur by transforming, renovating the Woolworth on Fifth restaurant investing more money and time into Nashville. Please help us welcome Robert Savage. How you doing? Hey, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, my pleasure. So, we've known each other for a little while. You've been attending some of our events and we've um, been to your location for uh, Woolworth on 5th in Nashville. That's correct. So, we wanted to meet with you today to um, get the word out about Woolworth. Tell a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Okay, okay. So. Yeah, P.S. The food was fantastic, by the <laughs> thank way. You. Yes. Thank you, thank you. I, I wake up every morning wondering where the pancakes are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sweet potato pancakes. It's different. And it is different. <laughs> it is different. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Well, and just the whole environment there. Yeah, let's talk about that, too. All right, yeah. all right. I appreciate that. Yeah. I know I was very just... When I walked in, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was gorgeous. It was like you walked into uh, that time frame. Right, right. It takes you back to the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. as soon as you walk in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you maintained the look of it, too. Right, right. Which we was did. so neat. Wow. So you're from Nashville? Born and raised. Wow. Born and raised. Yeah. All right. Uh, preferably uh, northeast Nashville. We'll just say east Nashville. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Basically, my whole life. Um, it, was, it was some rough times, but I made it through it. Right on. They, uh, I've noticed that they've been putting new names on neighborhoods now. Yeah. Kind of fancying places up. <laughs> what is the new name for your neighborhood? Well, mine still has the same old name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the other side of East Nashville does have some different interesting names now. Uh, a lot of people like to call some parts East Nasty. Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! The five points; those are all different things that wasn't really around uh, when I was growing up. Uh, but I'm glad to see it there now. Mm. Wow! So much to do now. It is. It is. It's it, like it's catering to the millennials big time and the hipsters. So I, I'm enjoying that. Uh, I'm just glad to see that whole neighborhood change from where I seen it growing up. It wasn't really all that pleasant to be around uh, in the early 2000s and late 90s. Uh, but now. Uh, people can walk their dog freely, run any time of the night. So I'm glad to see that. What was it like in the um, like, like any other major city? Um, you have a high crime rate in certain areas, um, but at that time, uh, East Nashville was really in a poverty strict situation. Um, there wasn't many jobs over there. There wasn't many eatery places. Uh, just a lot of mom and pop stores, but it, theirs was it was a far and a few really. Um, but once, to be honest with you, once the Titans came, that kind of opened up the door to how East Nashville would look. 
because it's so close to downtown. You got beautiful views, skyline views, because a lot of hills on the backside over there. And uh, that really became like an interesting spot that everybody wanted to move to. Wow. So that really, gosh, I mean, what, that wasn't too long ago. No, no, no. As soon as the Titans came down here and, and we got the stadium going, um, anything close to downtown in a mile and a half radius became really, really uh, interesting. That was about 20 years ago, I think, mm-hmm. the Titans were here. It did. 96, I think. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, man. What was I doing in 96? Well, I know I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's... I'm not going to say. <laughs> Speaking of football, mm-hmm. uh, you do play a little football. I did. I did. Uh played my whole life. Um, I actually started playing football in 1993. A little league football team called Graymar Pirates. Um, it was a uh, local little league thing. They had other teams in the in the city too, but that was at that time and still to this day is one of the best ones in the city. And uh, I grew up playing with a lot of great talent. Uh, some people went up went off and started playing other sports too. But um, but during that mid to uh, late nineties time frame, the best talent in Tennessee was playing in that league. Yeah. Wow. Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, it is. And I and I moved on up to playing at uh, White Creek High School. Where I lettered in three sports: uh, track, basketball, and football. Huh. But um, track was my better sport, to be honest with you. But football was my heart, so I I stuck with it all the way through. So you realized at a young age that was a passion for you. I did. My my father really, because my dad. I have an older father. He's sixty eight now. He'd be sixty nine this year. Uh, but he was a track star himself, and he actually went to Cameron High School, which was back in the sixties. It was segregated. So he only only blacks could go there, and Pearl. Uh, and he was a track star there, and um, my dad told me that when he had his first child, which was my older brother, uh, he was going to name it after his brother that, that died. But he said if you have another son, which I came after my daughter, after my sister, uh, that he was going to name it after him, and hopefully I can carry that torch that he had in athletics, and it just happened that way. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know he's so proud of you. Yes, ma'am, he is. He is. <laughs> you ended up playing um, several years in college. I did, I did. Uh, out of White Creek, I ended up going to a junior college in Arizona called Scottsdale Community College. It's like a suburb of Phoenix, uh, where the, where the uh, community college is located at. Uh, I got my associates there in 2009, then I transferred to Tennessee State and finished out my, my college career there. And uh, I got undrafted to the Carolina Panthers in 2012. Uh, stayed there for a year, then got sent to Seattle, got traded to Seattle for the next three years. Um, and then I got released there. The Titans brought me in for like a a local tryout type thing because I'm from here. Mm-hmm. That didn't last too long, and then uh, I, I basically retired in 2016. And wow. uh, I'm sorry, 2017. And I've been here in Nashville ever since. Wow. Did you uh, did you play with uh, I guess for Pete Carroll? I did. I did. That's that's when I got traded straight to him from there. He was fresh from from um, USC at that time. Uh, well, he actually about two years from USC then. Excuse me. And um, the funny thing about it, when I got traded to Seattle, they had just had a Nashville receiver also there, a guy named Golden Tate. Oh. It's from here. He went to Pope John Paul. He didn't go to Notre Dame. And he was drafted by Seattle. But he ended up getting traded to Detroit. So it was funny how he get traded to Detroit and they get a whole other receiver from the same city. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that's that's how that went. Yeah. Did you know him from here? I grew up with him. Knew him my whole, <laughs> okay. I knew Golden my whole life. 
Um, and his dad is actually an idol at Tennessee State because his dad went to pro too. Oh. But he went. To, he played for TSU back in the eighties, and he was really, really good himself. So after football, did you know that you were going to end up being an investor in Nashville? Well, <laughs> uh, that kind of came when I was in when I was playing for Carolina. Uh, in the off season, I, I was sitting in my in my at the time my condo in Charlotte, and I was just wondering like, what I'm going to do after football. Not saying that I didn't think it was going to last that long. It's just that I was um, I didn't want to look at be looked at as a dumb jock. Mm-hmm. And regardless of me having money at the time, I just want to know what I'm going to do when this is all over with. And um, honest to truth, I uh, was on Google, and I used to always check on the Tennessee and the Nashville Business Journal when I was in Charlotte just to see what's going on in Nashville at the time. And um, they had an article about uh, a commercial real estate firm called Highwood Properties. And they had the VP of there, a guy named Brian Reams. And uh, he was saying how he was trying to find some more properties in, in downtown Nashville because he'd seen the boom coming. And I just went off the limb and said, you know what, I'm going to find this guy's email. I found his email and contacted him. And I'm long shot, thinking he's not going to hit, you know, hit me back because I found this off the internet, off the Tennessee. And sure enough, a day later, he replied back and said, man, I'm really interested, interested in what you said to me. Uh, when you get back in town, come see me and we'll talk. So... Once the season, since the season started back up, uh, I still had it on my mind. But when the season was over, it I called, I got back in contact with him, I told him I'm in town, and we had we set up a meeting to meet up at his uh, office off of West End. And um, I kind of basically just told him, man, can you take me on your wings and learn me the ins and outs of this? Because I initially want to get into commercial, mm-hmm. even though I'm in residential now. But commercial was the first thing, and I still want to get into that eventually. And um, he got he got me contacted with several other big wigs in the city in commercial. Uh, uh, Tony Geratani and uh, Alex Palmer. And uh, uh, when he reached out to Tony Tony Geratani, he actually, uh, Tony G had brought me in to a tall building for him at the Batman building. And I got to work the room there and got to pick people's brain a little bit there. Um, but the funny thing about this, and Brian, has all, every time I see Brian, he always brings this up. Y'all familiar with the uh, Bridgestone, um, Headquarters. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah, it's a big building. Big building, big building. Would y'all believe that if it wasn't for me, that wouldn't even be there? <laughs> Would not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the crazy thing about that, uh, when I did reach out to Brian um, and said, take me on his wing, he introduced me to Tony, but him and Tony hadn't talked in years. But they needed to talk anyway, but they hadn't talked, and nobody had made the first step. But when he reached out to him for me, uh, Brian reached out and told him that he got a guy that wants to, you know, learn the ins and outs. But on a side note, he was like, we need to talk. And at the time, Bridgestone was was considering uh, leaving Nashville because they already had their headquarters here. Oh, okay. It was either going to go back to Chicago or, or Atlanta. And the only thing that Nashville needed to do for Bridgestone to stay here was build, get a nonstop flight to Tokyo and also get a bigger, larger space that they had that's out there by the airport. But they didn't know any any land they look at. Mm. So Tony G owns Premier Parking. And that lot that they're sitting at now was just a parking lot back at the time. Wow. So when I made the initial step to hit the Brian up to talk to Tony, that brought them in another meeting that they had to where, look, Tony, I know you got land over here and Bridgestone is looking for some property. Why don't you sell your property to Bridgestone and make this happen? So long story short, just by me getting in contact with Brian, and him to hit up Tony. That's why I initiated both of them to work together to put the, uh, for Bridgestone to buy his property and build the skyscraper that they have there. So every time I drive by 
that exact property. I look at it like if it wasn't for me, it wouldn't be. I wish I could have got a finder's fee. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the way it goes. But it's just, um, but that ever since then, I just really, really been intrigued on getting into that world, and here I am now. You mean to tell me that the very first day I ever came to Nashville was for a CMA Fest, hmm. June two thousand fourteen. Okay. No, 2013, June, and that is where I parked. Wow. Right there. Really? Yep. That was, I'm a, in my, you know, it was Nashville back then, but it's still probably 18 bucks. Anyway. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. And that, and, that, and that time frame you just said, go, goes along with what I was just saying is, because that was my first year going to the league in 2012, so that off-season 2013, and it was still a parking lot. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. 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 That's so cool. Yeah. God, what? I mean, you, you had the persistence to, to make the email and find him, right. and, and you just never know who you're going to reach out to you and where know. that'll take you. Right. Never know. And I'm still cool with Brian and Tony. I know Tony's trying to get the city to do the land swap now. With the, it's like the um, homeless part they have on Church Street right now. Uh-huh. He's uh, actually, uh, he's trying to do a land swap with the city, and he said he's going to give the city a million dollars to help them build the homeless hotel, but in exchange, he wants that property mm-hmm. so he can build the tallest skyscraper in, in the state. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I think he's going through a little battle with that right now, so I ain't really reached out to him. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure that uh, he's going to get that passed. Uh, but yeah, me and Brian, we talk all the time. I actually had him down in Woolworth about a month ago uh, on some other things. I got a guy who has his own cleaning business, and he wanted to get connected with him. So I set that up. So I'm kind of the connector right now. That's great, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, yeah. That's an important role. It is. And it will benefit you. It will. It will. Was Woolworth your first investment property here? It was. Okay. Now, so now, my involvement with Woolworth came between a guy named uh, Tom Morales. Tom Morales owns Acme. He owns Southern. Mm. He did own Finnipur and Woolworth, and he also owned um, Sapphire and Franklin. And um, I owe my NFL career, honestly, to him and Cam Newton. But I got exposure. It's because uh, Tom Morales... I'm going to tell you straight up. I was on a dinner with my girlfriend at the time. And uh, we was at Southern. I wanted to take her somewhere nice. Uh, but I was cautious at the time, so I ain't really had that much money. But I, that day I had some. So we ended up going there, and uh, we're sitting there eating, enjoying our meal. And out of nowhere, we see some, uh, some glass wine flying in the air. Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. You don't see that in every restaurant you, every you, day. You don't. You don't. But when that happened, uh, you know, it hit our table. And uh, I told my lady, you know, it's calm down, it's all right. And immediately, a guy came to the table and said, I'm so sorry. Um, you do y'all mind sitting with me? I'll pay for y'all meal. I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, we're thinking like, well, all right, cool. Yeah. So we sit at the table, and uh, as we're talking, we get to find out that this guy is the one who owns the place. <laughs> and um, as he gets to know me, I told him about what I'm doing. And before the night was over, he said, man, I got some connections uh, with people in high places. Uh, if you can give me an email, give me a tape. I'll send it out. So what happened was Tony, I mean, sorry, Tom called Carolina and asked him for a favor for like a free tryout. And sure enough, a month later, I was in Charlotte on a uh, basically a tryout basis. And I got to, I went out there for the tryout. I killed it. Um, they brought me in like a 10-day contract thing before camp started. I did my job there, and then I earned a spot on the 53-man roster. So yeah, so Tom actually opened that door. I had to, so I still had to put the work in, but he opened the, the door for me. So I was indebted to him for that and that. So fast forward three years later, 
he tells me that he uh, has a restaurant that he's trying to open up that has a, hit, uh, a very hardened history. And he would like for me to be involved. Uh, would I like to invest in it? So I said, yeah, of course. So I invested some money into it along with some other former players. And um, we got it off the ground. Uh, and plus, I'm already a history buff as it is. Yeah. Uh, I did my research on it, but I, some stuff I already knew. And I was like, you know what? I got to be involved in this. I want to change the dynamic of the city and, and also the outlook of that spot. And here I am today. Yeah, tell us about it. I know the your love of history just flows out of you whenever right. we're having conversations. <laughs> what is that? Uh, tell us a little bit more, more about the Woolworth on 5th and the, the history, history that you're speaking of. And the okay. struggles that you've come through trying to overcome that history. Oh, okay, well, you know, back in the 50, 1950s and 1960s, uh, you know, across the nation, we had a lot of segregation going on. And at Woolworth, if, if you was black, you couldn't eat there. You couldn't even, you could work there, but you had to go out the back door or um, you just wasn't wanted there. And it was a lot of, you had a lot of sit-ins that went on down there. A lot of blacks was beaten for sitting there and cigarettes put out put out on them. Um, a, lot, a lot of crazy things. So throughout the years, Woolworth had closed down like in the mid-70s. And other stores had been in there, like Dollar Store had been in there for a while. And then they left. And then McDonald's actually was in there too for a second. Hmm. And then they, they left. And then it went dormant for 15 years. Uh, and then Tom decided to purchase it. Um, but the struggle that I've had since we've opened up with it Basically, um, you still have people who are still around from 1960, 1950, and they still remember what happened to them when they was there. So me being black, uh, I want to enlighten uh, the elders that things have changed, of course, because it's 2019, and that we are catering more to the urban crowd now, basically as in um, letting the history still show inside the place about what happened, but also showing that we are having our own Gospel music stuff going on there, uh, R&B nights, uh, comedy shows, just enlighten that things have changed and we're open. We are all open arms, open arms now. Uh, uh, and it's more of a, it's not a closed door mentality like it was back in the day. Mm. Waste a lot of time. My mom was the first person to really tell me about Woolworth on Fifth, and all that right. was a year and a half ago and she said Wyatt the food's great and the atmosphere is wonderful in there and I said okay yeah another restaurant I should definitely go check that out right she right. said no it is so much more mm -hmm. because you, you know if you don't realize that Nashville was one of the uh, pivotal locations for the civil rights movement it was it was and I, I feel like I mean because y'all there, but I feel that it's not recognized enough that Nashville was one of the pivotal cities for that when you think about civil rights, you think about Birmingham, think about Atlanta, mm -hmm. uh, the Carolinas, but a lot of things didn't even get pushed if it wasn't for Nashville. And I feel like Nashville getting overlooked on that scene, but things are changing. Uh, but your, your mother's right, it was, uh, it's a very historic place that needs to be known. And thanks for the food, too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. She was excited when I told her we'd be interviewing you. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. If you're in the Nashville area, please join us for the monthly Middle Tennessee Investors and Wholesalers Network Happy Hour. Two hours of pure networking and deal making. You'll meet brand new investors and wholesalers, all the way up to those that buy hotels. 
You can find more information and sign up on our website at corkscrewsandcontracts.com. Don't miss it. A lot of what we do uh, on this podcast is about, of course, investing and what is it like to be that kind of person. Mm-hmm. What do you do for most of your day? Are you, you know, walking around you know, picking out food or, or do you have business meetings or, or are you looking at other sites? I may just look at other sites now since we're already a year in for Woolworth. Uh, I don't really have to do too much groundwork with that anymore. I just, uh, we have a lot of managers, and our general managers just set things aside, and if they have any issues, they'll contact us. But uh, I'm kind of more focused on the real estate tip now. And you can you can say, in a sense, that I'm kind of driving for dollars now. Like I'm going around looking for properties that's vacant, or foreclosed, or just vacant lots. Uh, and the new wave in Nashville, like you said earlier about East Nashville, it's the other side of East Nashville. Anything close to the riverfront, mm. so 3727, 3728 zip codes are the next wave. And that's like my my backyard. I grew up there, I knew like the back of my hand. So throughout the week, I usually just drive and see if I see anything. Uh, um, I also post on my Instagram, if anybody sees anything that's vacant, let me know. And if it's worth my time, I'm actually giving out uh, uh, hundreds to, well, uh, $500 to $1,000 to Anybody who gives me information on property that is worth my time. Uh, and if I close on it, I expend out the money to that. So. Well, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got a bunch of people looking for you now. I do, I do. Uh, a lot of people came to me. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, three so far have been very credible. Uh, but I'm sure it's going to be more. Uh, but yeah, my, my uh, Instagram is full of requests right now, uh, which is good. But I have to, you know, go through hand by hand and see which one is worth my time. And, and once I reach out and I see the, the properties, I let them know exactly, okay, yes, this is good. I'll let you know when I close on it. Um, but so far, I've gave out, let's say, $1,500 now to three people because it was lucrative. And we went on to close on that property. So That is great. We have never heard that strategy no. from anybody else. Never. Okay. And okay. I think that's a great way to have other – you only have so much time. Right. So getting others involved really uh, and just, you know, not having them on staff, but just right. rewarding them just for rewarding. Um, what they do, that is that is a great strategy. You have to change the dynamic in the city. Um, I want Nashville to grow a lot quicker than what it's going. It is going quick, but the mentality in the city is still kind of, I want to say a crab in the barrel type of mentality. Mm. And when I go to other cities, like when I was in Seattle, everybody works together no matter what race you are. If you gonna if you have the same idea, let's come to the table, let's sit down, let's make it happen. And I envy Atlanta right now because they always they've been on there for the past 15, 20 years. Everybody's working together, no matter what the race is. Uh, but Nashville's kinda more hesitant, but things are changing. I think it's gonna take our generation to change that. And I'm gonna put my foot in there and show it how it can be done. So when you go around looking for properties now, what's your what's what's what are you looking to find? Are there, if you have a specialty you're leaning towards? Mainly flips. I, I, I would contend that I'm looking more on the flip side, but okay. um, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, though. Um, I'm opportunist. Okay. <laughs> Definitely in that, in, that, in that area. But uh, anything close to the riverfront is really, really lucrative right now. Um, and I don't think that the whole city has really caught on to that yet, but they're going to in the next uh, <laughs> five years. <laughs> I'm working with a... Uh, a billionaire right now named Edward Ewing. He's out of Dallas, but he's been living here in Nashville for like five years. And he just bought 35 acres off of West Trinity Lane. Wow. 
And oh yeah, and his vision is to build three bridges that's gonna connect Trinity Lane with Metro Center. And um, since I am a prominent person from that neighborhood, I've actually went door to door and asking the residents of these people who still live there to vote yes on the census about the bridge when it comes up to the vote. Because he's going to use his own money to build it, but you still have to sign off with the neighborhood uh, uh, crews. Uh, and also, um, there's some big developments that's going to happen in Metro Center that I think the city's really going to like, like with Disney coming in town, um, and plus the other ballparks in, in the city. We need more restaurants in the inner city, as in alongside the riverfront. And to be honest with you, um, speaking on that property, to all the cities I've been in, Nashville's riverfront is horrible. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I don't understand. Um, but I think that since the new wave is going towards that, it's gonna, you're going to see a lot of lucrative uh, uh, townhomes and condos alongside it, high-end restaurants, um, uh, and just a view, like Nashville, it's we have a lot of hidden views in the city that has been untouched for years, just because of people didn't want to step off into the area or didn't think it was going to be that much lucrative. But all you gotta do is clear a couple of trees, you see <laughs> a Hollywood sign looking type of view of downtown. Um, but I'm trying to expose that. Uh, so you went door knocking in the old in your old neighborhood where you grew up, right? Right. And a lot of times people don't adjust well to change. Some people are really for change. Some right. people don't adjust well to it. Right. So I'm just kind of curious, how did, what kind of feedback did you get when you did that? Well, when I, when I go door knocking, I initially uh, tell the, the people, most of them don't know me because I'm, 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 I am younger. I let them know that I'm from the area and that, that grabs their trust. And then I let them know that um, just because change is coming doesn't mean that y'all can't benefit from it. Um, you have a lot of new growth that's coming towards this area, but they're not going to really tax the current residents. They're going to tax the, the newcomers that's coming in. And once you explain that to them, they say, oh, okay, okay, they understand. Because a lot of people are not explaining things to them. They're just seeing Nashville growing, they feel like they get left behind. But when you sit down and talk to them and sit them eye to eye in their front living room, let them know that you're not going to get um, ran out. It's more insurance to them. Um, and of course, and some some people are looking for a check to go on to get bought out, but I let them know that man, you know, if you want to get bought out, that's going to happen. But if you want to hold on to your property, you can always wait and then get a bigger profit in the end. Definitely just the way that the zip codes are changing. Um, but the door knocking also is is um, humbling to me too because I get to sit down and see the people face and I get to learn their feedback, how they feel about what's going on, and what they feel should change before these things come in. Um, and the main thing I'm hearing is just they want our roadways to get better first. Uh, they don't mind still living there, but it's just if we can expand it out a little bit more or get more access to the city, because to be honest with you, if you're on the south side of Nashville or even the north side of Nashville, the only way you can get to the east side of Nashville, you gotta go to the river. That's and, right. and we only have really just two ways to get over there, or you're stuck. So wow. by Edward Ewing suggesting these three bridges, that's gonna alleviate traffic big time. And I also explained that to them too. So. It, um, I haven't really had any negative feedback yet, but uh, since it's me doing the door knocking, mm -hmm. it's more uh, uh, easier to do than just somebody who's not from here coming. Hey, we're gonna, you know, move in on your property here. Right. Um, but like I said, I, I, I be, I'm honest with everybody, and I let them know that you know we're not trying to take it, and we're trying to help it. 
Is there anything else that you see that's coming to the area that's really exciting, or how do you see what you do fitting into what will happen in Nashville? I'm excited about the Disney plan. Uh, I wish I could give you a little bit more intel on it, but it's still working some things out. But I will get to you out on a later note on it. Well, I'm excited about that just because it makes Nashville look more appealing to outside cities. And uh, if y'all remember, I, don't, I know y'all not from here originally, but we used to have a theme park, mm-hmm. the Opryland. And that was a big tourist thing too, but it came. The city came down to deciding that we want a theme park, we want a mall, and then the mall went ran. You know, it went out. <laughs> How did that happen? I feel like a theme park <laughs> overrules a mall. Right, right. Mm-hmm. The thing with that is just Opry Mills is year round, and they've seen the revenue from it. But I think they both could have coexisted. But uh, I don't know what went down back then. I was so young, but. Um, but I remember going to that theme park and just seeing how many kids, they were having fun. They, they gave kids jobs in the summer. I think that also alleviate crime rate. You know, mm-hmm. if you get the teenagers jobs like that, they won't be roaming the streets late night and getting into mischief. Um, that's one side. I do feel that Nashville eventually will get the Super Bowl. Hmm. Uh, but something like the Three Bridges, like every unit is doing, will have to come into play. The Titans also going to have to get a, a dome on the stadium. Because to be honest with you, the only way we even get looked at, we, we compete with three other cities, Atlanta, uh, New Orleans, and Dallas when it comes to the South. And they're beating us right now because they have a dome. And if you're in the South, the NFL wants the weather to, to not to be a factor. So that's one thing. And plus our hotel spaces. We are catching up now, but we're going to need probably like three more major uh, skyscraper-type hotels before we can get even looked at again. Cause that's what hurt us in back in the, a lot of people don't know Nashville was on the table for the Olympics back in '96. You're kidding, yeah, yeah. But we lost out to Atlanta because of hotel space and uh, mainly it was just hotel space back then. And but those those problems are getting fixed, definitely. But uh, if you notice, a lot of sports entertainers are looking at Nashville. We're already getting a hockey team, I mean, I'm sorry, a, a soccer team at, uh, and getting a stadium built, uh, but. Going back to the Titans, like I said earlier, that opened up the floodgates for everything. That made the, the rest of the nation look at Nashville like, okay, it ain't just a, a honky-tonk city. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not just walking around with no shoes on today. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, but I, I see the city in the next, honestly, I feel, right now our population in the city is about 600, almost 700,000. I think the next five years, we're going to probably be at the 720 mark. And I in our metro now, we're already at 1.9 million. I think the next five years we'll probably be at 2.5. If you'd like to be an on-air guest, ask questions, give ideas or feedback for the podcast, sign up on our website at corkscrewsandcontracts.com and let us hear about it. We saw on the interstate, I think it might have been Christmas or Thanksgiving probably. You know, everybody, uh, not everybody, a lot of people in town are musicians, mm-hmm. which... Uh, which is great, and uh, they don't all—they're not all from here. Right. So yeah, at Thanksgiving on the interstate, there was the turn lane to get off to the airport, mm-hmm. but it was backed up about man, it must have been a mile on the interstate trying to get off at yeah. the airport, and people were lifting, Ubering, that sort of thing. And they just hop out with their luggage and start walking along the side of the road, yeah. which is super unsafe. Right. Very. <laughs> but it just gives you an idea of how 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 much growth has occurred. Right, and so, they are actually actually expanding out of the airport now too. Mm-hmm. 
they're gonna get some more non-stop flights. Uh, I think it's like a billion dollar plan for the whole thing to go build a hotel inside the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think they think about changing the name too. Then one of the names they thought about changing was to like Oprah International, uh, and I, I I'm all for it. The only thing that they had that they said it might not go is because of she's not dead. They say they use one name after people who's been dead at least two years. Uh, and I think they also want to get Oprah back involved in the city since she's from here. Sure. Um, I really do hope that they go ahead and name it after her because that will change the whole dynamic and also make people look at Nashville like, okay, it's not so segregated like I thought. Because a lot of people still think that Nashville is on 1940s times, mm. in a sense, if you've never been out here. Yeah. Um, Cause I have friends when I even when I was in uh, college uh, in Arizona, and I told them I'm from Nashville, they were just shocked that I could speak. Shocked <laughs> 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 they had shoes on. Uh, uh, they thought I was dating my cousin. Like they, it's really, really, it's, things have changed. Things have changed. And I not know that the city, the world looked at the South like that, or this part of the South. You talked about uh, how important it is to have that, the right image going for the music mm-hmm. as well. You're doing some things in music? I am. So basically, I, with Woolworth, I reached out to Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones is a Grammy Award-winning gospel singer. Uh, and he was on the TV show Network, BET, for 35 years. Uh, and then he had let go like two years ago. But he's still doing his thing in gospel. And I reached out to him, and I asked him, did he want to do a gospel brunch at Woolworth? And he said he would love to. And uh, it was a hit. Now, ever since then, he's brought me along on his different uh, escapades that he had on, in the war shows, and he's done that for me to get more exposure to get people to come to Nashville. Uh, the stars come to Nashville, I should say. And um, I've been to the Soul Train Awards with him, the Double Awards. Um, so I'm going to the Stellar Awards next week with him, and I'm going to the Essence Awards with him uh, in, in uh, July. Um, but that being said, just being around those stars, I ended up meeting Kirk Franklin, on, on occasions and we're real cool now uh, he actually brings me in when he goes to the studios here in Nashville a lot of people know he lives here too he lives in Dallas and in Nashville oh. a lot of stars live here they're just real incognito um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them um, but that being said I would never thought I was going to get into the gospel world like that I've, been, I've always grew up in the church but I've been more of an R&B guy That's, I'm still that way um, but gospel was the lane that opened up for me so I just took it and I'm, and I'm doing what I have to do with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know talent when I hear it. So um, anybody who's interested in music, you know, no matter if it's R&B, gospel, country, I'm all open arm for it. And we are the music city, so why not? Uh, but going back to what you were saying earlier, the city has changed. I remember growing up here, it was just country music USA. Now it's music city USA. But, but we are still good at country, as you have with Miley Cyrus and, and Taylor Swift. But even Taylor Swift and those guys, they're kind of reaching into the more of the pop range now. Um, but we have a lot of we have rappers here that's 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 made it. We have um, rock stars, so it's 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 very diverse. But I want to expose that uh, to the masses that Nashville is a homebred. Where you, if you've seen anything, just come here. We got plenty of studios, and y'all live right next to one. So. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right on Music Row. Right on Music Row. What do you think the odds that Kimye will move here? <laughs> I, that I don't know. I mean, they, they're living in, in LA right now, but um, do we want them to move here? Right, right. I don't think they might change the whole dynamic of the, of the spectrum with them coming here. But um, but that being said, you never know. They might already have a place there. Like I've I've literally 
ran into, like, I didn't know Kid Rock lived here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I should have known, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he lives, he lives, actually lives over by my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I said Kirk Franklin. Uh, Tony Braxton used to live here back and forth. Wow. Um, Jill Scott lives here. Uh, Anthony Hamilton. So it's like, it's a lot of stars here who just remain, want to be incognito. And Nashville stood at a place where if you're famous, you can still go to a bar and not get harassed too much. Right. Uh, I kind of got that same feeling in L.A. L.A. is the same way. And people don't understand that Nashville, you can, you know, we're starting to be a more of a big city now. I remember in the 90s, if you had a Mercedes or a Porsche, people looking at you, oh, man, now that's like a, a focus now. Yeah. So it's like you can you can move around without being harassed to a certain extent, unless you Taylor Swift or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place to live. Um we had to fix our traffic, but other than that, I wouldn't take Nashville with anything. So, any tips that you have um, for anybody that wants to do some of the things you've done when it comes to investing or, you know, um, real estate? I just say, humble yourself and just do your research, ask questions, and reach out to whoever you think might be knowledgeable. Go to Mixers. Uh, Wyatt has a great one. <laughs> that is not all Wyatt. Right. By the oh, way. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a lot of stress right here over that one. <laughs> My, I'm mm-hmm, sorry. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all are a great team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it, um, yeah, we we, uh, we we put on the network uh, Middle Tennessee Investors and Wholesalers uh, Happy Hour once a month. So thank you, and you. Thank you. Yes, that's where we met you. Yes, it is. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And I, it's great people there to show up. Uh, but you can't just stop there. You have to go to each one, different ones throughout the city, and just network, work the room, uh, and just learn the ins and outs. I had to, I learned a long time ago just to a closed mouth don't get fed. And I was always um, kind of hesitant to talk because I didn't know what I want to talk about. But once I got past that stage, man, I'm, I could be life of the party if I have to. Um, but I, I say just do your due diligence, due diligence, reach out, and use Google. Because Google, be, Google, Google. <laughs> Google will be your friend to a certain extent. Would you say a lot of your success, and I'm saying this from hearing what your your story, mm-hmm. um, would you say a lot of your success has come from you stepping out of your comfort zone and contacting people you never, or reaching out to people you never thought you would? Big time, big time. Um, not to really touch on the racial lines, but I, uh, in, that, in that sense, I had to, even when I reached out to Brian, even though I was in the NFL, I might have had a certain cognizance in my mind, but I still felt little knowing I had to reach out to a, a Caucasian man about help. Uh, that, that doesn't matter what kind of money you have. You still look at the dynamic of how the nation is. And I said, you know what, let me see if this man's going to reach out. And it shocked me that he hit me back so quick, and then he had open arms when I met him. And we're still cool to this day. Now, of course, I know we still have uh, racial problems amongst the nation, but it's still some, some good people out there that who uh, who don't see color in, in a sense. So... Um, that being said, I had to reach out to him, and he took me on his wing. Uh, but I had to get over that fear of, of trying to uh, not reach out to, to a certain crowd. And once I got over that, um, yeah. Now, of course, I've had some some downs on there too, but I don't let that discourage me, and you can't let that discourage me. And then, um, but yeah, just build some confidence in some kind of way that you can, and and reach out. In real estate, when you're dealing with older buildings and things like that, there's always a story like, (laughs) like I learned a lot from that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there anything 
crazy that happened or funny or just a huge learning experience so far from your real estate um, investing career? Not that much. I mean, I've read it to a a couple of Indian reservations that I didn't even know was in Nashville. Really? <laughs> didn't know it at all. Oh. Uh, I thought that was more of a, I knew you had some in the South, but I thought it was more of a Midwest, West Coast type of thing. But oh no, you have a lot of Indian, bur- Indian burial sites in the city. You gotta be mindful of that. So that's mainly really ones I've ran across. And that is in those two zip codes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I grew up there my whole life, didn't know it. Um, I mean, you can't build it within a, within a certain radius of that too. Um, but one funny one I do have, which ain't really all that funny because it costs us money, but uh, <laughs> with Woolworth, you know, the building being so old that um, we had to do the re- reconstruction of the, of the frame, the basement was just, man, it's just crazy the type of things you will see now in front of the city. Uh, and some parts of the, under the city are still stuck in the 1920s. And I, it's kind of shocking how some of these buildings are even still standing. Um, now we have starting to reforge uh, certain things in there, but um, seeing the belly of, of that was like, wow. But also in my mind, I'm thinking like, what could have went down back in the day under these places? I'm going to run to a skeleton or anything like that. You know, I'm just, all those things are, because <laughs> it's, it's so, um, the places are so old. And it also lets you know that uh, it's a lot of secret passages in the city. <laughs> uh, and I'm assuming that they did those for like an escape route, if, just in case like World War II or something happened. The mayor needs to get out the, out of the city some kind of way. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. Know, I heard something about that on on the local PBS radio station a couple. Well, it was probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. Talking about the tunnels underground Nashville. They're real. They're real. They are real. They did not lie to you. So I'm wow. guessing you've been in them. Well, actually, I went field? to one of them, and when I was in uh, grade school, they took us a, a on a field trip that shows you the escape tunnel for uh, the mayor uh, and the governor. Uh, it would come down to that. Um, but yeah, they're very real. Very real. Like, don't let it down sound for you. If we could have a map or infrared, it would show you how it looks. It's, it's crazy. Um, but that's not the only one. Uh, a lot of cities have that. Um, and if y'all are familiar with Tennessee, you know they the Manhattan Project was out here in Tennessee. That's they made right. a atomic bomb in Oak Ridge. So, and it's a rumor, I don't know how true it is, but they said that it's a tunnel that take you from Oak Ridge to New York. Yeah, that's, All I know that sounds, way. that's, wow. yeah. But when you think about it, it's a straight shot. Because you, once you get through Oak Ridge, you go underground, you go down for maybe a couple of miles, you'll be in Virginia, then you're straight there. It's, yeah, but, uh, I don't know how true it is, but it sounds like it would be just because they did make the atomic bomb there, so I'm not going <laughs> to think nothing that. Um, but yeah, it, there are, Tunnels up under the city, definitely downtown for sure. That's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, they are. They, <laughs> those tunnels are there, and I think that's another reason why, when they did have the the bill with the uh, first uh, transit plan, plan, if y'all remember, they were thinking about going underground for underground tunnel when it get towards in town. Yeah. That's yeah. There's reason for that because there's plenty of space. <laughs> plenty of space. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but hopefully they got another plan now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll put some photos up uh, of the restaurant. Do you okay. have anything that's like that you could send us? That maybe that was. Oh yeah, I've seen them. Okay, very cool. Yeah, our, our listeners would love to see that. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Oh man, no problem, no problem. Yeah, anything we can put on our website to promote Woolworth on Fifth, or you know, bring any deals your way. We'll be glad to do it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I could you'll also use five hundred dollars, so <laughs> you'll be right, hearing right, from right, me. Right, right. When uh, I find something. Most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, that's. 
I came with that. I came up with that strategy just because of uh, if you just talk about it, people can be kind of laissez-faire about it. Okay, whatever. But once you start, you never know. Money is always that defining factor, and you know they get people to really look. I mean, of course, I've had some people hit me up that wasn't serious, or they might have was still being lazy and just seen a for sale sign and send me a picture of something from down there. <laughs> but the, the ones that was serious and it was worth my time, we we we, we went on and paid them. But um. But yeah, that, that offer's still on the table. So anybody see any property that's, it don't matter, it doesn't necessarily have to be in those two zip codes. It can be anywhere in, in Middle Tennessee or it can be in another city. If it's lucrative to me and I, I close on it, then you'll get paid. Very good. You heard it right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Robin. Uh, thank you. I enjoy it. This has been a production of Corkscrews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 2019.